Welcome to the Refuge Podcast from Trinity United Methodist Church in Ruston, Louisiana. Our prayer is that God uses this time to speak specifically to you, regardless of where you are on your faith journey. We'd like to also invite you to worship with us every Sunday morning at 1045, either in person or online at www.trinityruston.org. Thanks for listening. For you parents and folks that are here this Sunday that uh, have not been a part of the weekend, let me give you a quick recap, at least of the messages I've given. Uh, You know, the theme has been authentic, and uh, I took that and ran with it in my own way. And, you know, night one, we just put the spotlight on Jesus and said, if anybody's authentic, if anybody is the real deal, it's Jesus. And we just talked about how Jesus is powerful and personal. He's the real deal. Night two, we talked about the opposite, who's the biggest phony and the biggest counterfeit, who's selling imitation life all the time, and unfortunately, we buy it. We talked about the evil one, we talked about Satan, uh, but we still talked about how Jesus is the real deal, and if you want to avoid the imitation life, you got to get to know the real deal. You have to study the $100 bill in order to, to detect the counterfeit. And then last night, uh, we talked about how Jesus is the real superhero, uh, in the midst of all the Avengers movies and Ant-Man and Hawkeye. I mean, he doesn't even have a superpower. Um, the bow and arrow. Uh, Jesus is the superhero who came on a rescue mission, put himself in harm's way uh, in order to save us. So that's a quick recap. I feel like I've been on the front row seeing all this unravel and seeing these students just and and adults in the whole church and everybody storm the community and all the service behind the scenes. It's been amazing to watch from the front row. About 20 years ago, uh, I met a family from San Antonio that made the mistake of telling me that they had tickets on the third row, uh, season tickets for Spurs games. And they invited me, hey, you could come sometime. I said, okay. And so I went and saw uh, a game with a guy named uh, Kobe Bryant This is a blurry picture because I took it with a real camera with film in it. This is how long ago it was. This is Kobe with his fro, and uh, he was still Adidas before Nike, in case you're into that kind of thing. And I saw a guy named Shaq from the front row. Uh, He's the guy that left LSU spring of 92. I came in fall of 92 and took his place. That's why LSU basketball has not done anything for a long time. Um, So life from the front row is awesome. My boys can tell you, we went and saw a Mavs game against the Rockets like six years ago in Dallas, and we literally were on the back row. Like the the wall of the stadium is on our back, and seeing a game from the back row is not cool, but the front row is awesome. But what's better than the front row is to be in the game, and y'all have been in the game this weekend. A whole lot of people have been in the game, and I've got a video clip that's going to make you cry. All you men in the room, I know if anything was ever going to get a tear out of your eye, it's watching that scene from that movie. Uh, Rudy, his whole life, had dreamt of playing for Notre Dame. I'm getting choked up. (laughs) And he he went to some junior college and finally got to Notre Dame, and he was beat up on the practice squad and just never got to play. And in his last game, he got sent in the game. And he's like my height and he's like my size. He's like, you know, the huge guys. And he actually makes the sack. That's even better. Um, But it is, it is so much more exciting and scary to be in the game than to be on the front row. So I've had the easy part. Y'all have had the exciting and scary part. How do we live life like this? going forward from here. Um, Authentic faith is not a spectator sport. 
Sometimes I wish it was. Um, these kids, these adults, this church, like they have lived life to the full, the real authentic faith in this community this week. Um, there's someone else who did that, and I want to talk about her. In John chapter 4, you maybe have st- heard the story before of the Samaritan woman. Now, it says Jesus was in Judea. Now, I'll give you some geography with my hand here. Judea is down south, and it says that he wants to go with his buddies back up to Galilee, and in between is Samaria, and uh, so you have to go through Samaria from Judea to get to Galilee. Well, the Jews don't like Samaritans. There's kind of this racial and spiritual tension and rift between them. Samaritans were the product of the Jewish people who had taken foreign wives, who had foreign gods, and they were seen as half-breeds. They were unclean. So our Jesus, as opposed to some of the Jews of the day, they would literally walk and take their camels or whatever around Samaria to avoid it. Jesus walks right into it. Jesus is a boundary breaker, and I love that about him. Uh, it says, uh, he had to pass through Samaria. He came to a town called Sychar, I think it's called, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. He was wearied from his journey. It was about six o'clock in the evening, and he sat beside a well. Out came a woman, and this is just a divine appointment that he knew was coming. Uh, A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. The Samaritan woman said, how is it that you, a Jew, ask me for a drink, a woman of Samaria? And it says in parentheses in the Bible, there's actually parentheses in the Bible, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. So Jesus crosses this boundary that's not supposed to be crossed. In a lot of ways this week, boundaries have been crossed in such a beautiful and courageous way. Um, Now, Jesus answers her with a strange response. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he, he would have given you living water. So she's like, huh? The woman said, "Uh, sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Jesus oftentimes talks in the spiritual, and the folks are thinking in the physical, and that happens with us sometimes, and we don't get what Jesus is doing. He's having a spiritual conversation, and she doesn't know yet. (laughs) He says to her, everyone who drinks of this water, talking about what he can give, will be, uh, no, the the well. Everyone who drinks of this water from the well will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water I will give him will never be thirsty again. That water will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So once again, she's like, huh? (laughs) What are you talking about? Sir, and then very practically speaking, she's like, well, that sounds awesome. Would you give me this water so I won't be thirsty and I won't have to come here to draw water all the time? She's still thinking physical water. Well, I could scratch this errand off my list every single day if you'll give me this water that's everlasting. Jesus once again throws a curveball at her out of the blue. Well, go call your husband and come here. Now she says, oh, well, I have no husband. And Jesus says to her, you're right that 
you have no husband. You've had five husbands, and the man you have now is not your husband. And now she's like, oh, snap. Uh, I can, and she kind of changes the topic. Um, well, I see that you're a prophet, and she goes into this conversation about our fathers worshiped on this mountain. The Samaritans had created their own temple. And you Jews, you say to worship in Jerusalem, and she's talking about where you're supposed to worship, and Jews and Samaritans. And Jesus says, there's a time coming that it won't matter where you worship as long as you worship in spirit and in truth. That time is now, for sure. Um, And then finally, the woman said to him, and she kind of wanted to stop the conversation, I think, I know that Messiah is coming. He who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Now, Jesus says to her, I am. Now, in this translation, it says, I who speak to you am he. But I think this is the same I am statement as we talked about last night in John 18 when the 600 men of the Roman battalion came to arrest Jesus. They said, we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, I am. Boom. They all hit the ground. There's something about Jesus, of course, in this conversation, his presence. I don't know if he had a physical glow about him, but when he says, I am, she gets it. And she is hit in the chest with, I think, the truth of who he is. She realizes, I think, I think this is him. Uh, the disciples came back at this time, interrupted their conversation. They marveled that he was talking with a woman. Once again, just to reiterate that point, Jesus crosses boundaries, and this was a big one, and I love it. Um, So the woman, get this detail, the woman left her water pot, put it on the ground, ran back into town to tell the people, some translations say the men, so that she would have been crossing boundaries. She was, here's what folks think about what she's doing. This well was outside of town. It wasn't the well that most of the women would have gone to. And if you connect the dots, this woman is ashamed. Five husbands and a man who's not her husband. And so she's been avoiding people, avoiding judgment, avoiding the gossip that might happen around this other well in town. She drops her water bucket, goes in town to tell the people, to tell even the men, come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. Now, first, let me just tell you, I don't know about you moms and women in the room. I am married to a mom and a great woman. And I know that when she has something on her to-do list, she is focused on it. So if that to-do list includes get water today at the well, it's going to take some big major interruption for her to drop her water pot and go do something else. And I can be the same way. We're all kind of productivity driven. But I think this, this detail, this woman has met Jesus. And when people meet Jesus, everything else gets dropped. Everything else just fades away into non-importance. I don't know how long the walk was, but I just think it's so amazing that she dropped her water pot 
and went and found these people. She became a boundary breaker herself. She went and found these men, found these people. They came out. They met Jesus. Jesus winds up staying in their town for two days. They were headed to Galilee. But Jesus is like, okay, no, we've, we've got something good going here. Uh, it says, many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. So the application today, and part of, most of what I'm saying today is just putting a finger on what has happened over the last three days. This, these are the things that have been happening. Authentic faith being lived out, living water being gushed out to the community, boundary breaking type things. And the message for today that we want to leave with is that if Jesus is the superhero, he's the one true superhero, but in him, we are his little superheroes. Uh, We can live in a personal and powerful way that demonstrates his love to the people around us. Uh, So I want to talk about the two key things in this passage that we can uh, take into our lives and kind of walk away with today. Uh, a life of living water. What does that look like? Um, one way I think about it is, is Jesus, he's in us and he wants out. Um, a spring of water. I've seen a couple springs. I actually was in some, uh, some springs in Florida recently and saw these natural springs that bubble up from the ground. It's real cold water in the midst of Florida. It doesn't make sense. Um, picture a spring of water that comes from the ground. If you, you could take as many dump trucks of dirt in the world and dump it on that spring, but you give it enough time and you're going to have mud. It's going to keep coming, right? And that's the kind of life. That's the kind of living water I think Jesus is talking about. A life that just keeps coming. Uh, I had a season in my life a few years ago where I felt like truckload after truckload of dirt had been dumped upon me and dumped upon my life and my heart. And uh, through struggling and wrestling and prayer and waiting, eventually I felt and experienced that spring come back. It's like God will not stop living in me and wanting out. Um, if you know anything about water flow, some of y'all maybe have done some gutter work or you know, decluttering of pipes and different things. I know uh, over the site I've visited, um, they cleared out a trench for a woman so that water would flow the right way. Now, we, uh, we bought a house here in Ruston that has a little bit of a water issue. Uh, thankfully, there's a French drain that's been put in so that this gutter here drains to this downspout and a downspout here, and then it all goes to the side of the house under the ground in a big pipe and goes away from the house because that's what you want, Right. Um, I did a little work in the yard this week and I dug into that downspout that leads into this black pipe that's all supposed to, you know, be free flowing. And I found this living inside of that pipe. It was more cylindrical when I brought it out. You can still see the ridges of the black pipe. Um, I had a serious blockage and that's not good. Um, oh, and I've got a little dirt on the stage there. Um, I also want to give you this visual. Um, I think that what this looks like spiritually is that uh, we, we draw life from heaven. We draw life vertically from God, and it is meant to pour out. So what 
comes to us through Christ, all the blessings, all of the everything that we get uh, from him is meant to be this living water that gets gushed out to the people around us. Um, And of course, if we have blockage here, blockage here, there's a problem. I'm afraid, um, unfortunately, that a lot of Christians have this experience and kind of let this be their experience in the Christian life. Receive, receive, receive. Sermon after sermon after sermon, Bible study after Bible study, but there's no, it's just a holding tank. It's just water down, but no flow. And so these are just pictures that I think help. It's what's in my mind of like what this ought to look like, that we receive from him and we pour it out. Um, Think about all the different ways that happens, the different things, practically speaking. We are 100% loved, so we have love to share. We are 100% accepted, so we can accept even the furthest out person and meet them and love them right where they are. Uh, we We are a forgiven people, so therefore we have forgiveness to give, even if that's hard. We have reconciliation here, and so we are ministers of reconciliation, 2 Corinthians 5. Anybody love conflict? Nobody loves conflict, but we should be the best at conflict resolution. The gospel itself is one huge conflict resolution. We have the way and the truth and the life. Why should we hold on to that? We have the bread for the people that are hungry for spiritual life. So I think that's kind of what it looks like. Now those blockages, I think we... Uh, This is probably more of a conversation for each of us with God. Like, Lord, are there any blockages here? Is there anything blocking the flow of your love and your life into me? Now, we know it's not on his end, if there is, right? It's probably something right down here that maybe looks like that. Um, The one thing I would offer is that I don't know any great Christian any solid, awesome, mature Christian who doesn't spend regular time alone with God. And I think just that is a huge way to kind of keep the pipes running, Uh, whether that is through confession or things he shows you or whatever, but that we spend time with him and we just receive his life. Now, going out this way, again, I think this is between you and God, um, why would, why would the flow stop? Why is it possible that maybe we receive but we don't give? Um, and I think uh, the one thing that popped in my head the most is just fear. Uh, perhaps we're j- it's just scary. You know, we receive and, and here's where we're, you know, at a weekend like this, it is so easy. I mean, we just receive, receive, receive all this. Um, and, and we've given out, we've given out. But it's all kind of been planned and organized and everyone set it up for us. And so Monday comes and it's like back to whatever, back to being bored in the summer or back to football workouts, back to, man, there's, there's no worship band singing songs I love. There's no jumping up and down. What, what do we do with that? And I think uh, fear is perhaps the big factor that keeps us just from crossing boundaries with people that are different than us or uh, just loving and letting his life flow through, my, through us, whatever that looks like. Um, a life of crossing boundaries, I want to touch on that just a little bit. Uh, students, I want to encourage you, keep doing this. Keep doing what you've done this week. Now, it's going to look different, 
but y'all can stay together. Whether you're going back to a small town or Baton Rouge or Shreveport or you're staying here in Ruston, um, keep getting together. Keep encouraging one another in these things. This is not, you know, serving and blessing the community and, and living life to the full with living water gushing out of you does not have to be a weekend of the cross. I hope it's a Monday of the cross and a Tuesday of the cross and a summer of the cross and a first day of school of the cross. And we all hope that, but what does it look like? Um, I think for you students, one way that would just be groundbreaking and breaking boundaries would be to go home and at some time today or tomorrow, even in your tiredness, do the dishes without being asked. Can I get an amen? Anybody? Parents? Shock the heck out of your parents by just letting the service continue. The love of Christ flowing into the dishes. <laughs> this is a spiritual, spiritual act of worship. One small example. For my household, gum is a big thing. And so you know, like one kid, one, one of my children might have a pack of gum and the other one doesn't because they didn't get to see grandma or whatever. And uh, so it's, hey, can I have a piece of your gum? 70% chance to answer that's no. How about crazy groundbreaking things? You have a sibling and just like, and you have gum, like, hey, do you want a piece of gum? <laughs> They'd be like, what got into you? That's a six cent offering to your sibling. There are simple little things that you can do. Let the life continue to flow. Break the boundaries. Um, when you start school here in a couple of weeks, hmm, Sorry. In the, in the near future, way down the road, when you start school, it's a huge deal that first week. You know this because some of you are terrified. Uh, that's when all the things are being established. And in particular, if you're going into sixth grade or seventh grade and it's a brand new school and you're the lowest person on the totem pole, or you're a ninth grader at the high school, there's all sorts of opportunity to cross boundaries and to let the love of Christ flow. Um, now, I tend to think of this in terms of like seniors actually being kind to freshmen. And that would be amazing. Think about if you were a freshman and, and a, a senior or a junior was just smiled at you and said, hey, man, what's your name? Not like, hey, you want me to ride, you know, drive you to school every day? Like just crossing boundaries. But it could go both ways. Scary stuff. But like, you know, if you're the lowest grade in the school to talk to somebody older and Ask them, hey, will you show me the ropes? Like, I don't know, but there are so many opportunities. Think about one of the most scary things about the first week of school. Who's on my lunch shift? Who am I going to sit with? Am I going to have a friend at lunch? What if on the first week of school, you are looking out for people that look totally scared or totally lonely, totally on the outside, there are boundaries to be crossed in a beautiful and scary act of living water. Uh, the, as Leslie mentioned, I've I worked for this ministry called Young Life for a long time. It's at the heart of what we do. So this is just kind of part of uh, who I've become wired to be. And I love it. And it's still scary uh, to be a 44-year-old man, uh, to walk into the cafeteria at Tech or at the junior high and kind of like just try to blend in and act like I'm not scared and maybe sit down at a table of guys and just be like, hey, 
Jordan or LeBron? <laughs> uh, NASCAR, is it a sport or not? Go. And we just start having conversation, and maybe it goes well, and maybe it doesn't. Um, I love crossing boundaries, and it's what God's called me to in youth ministry. But what does it look like for you? Another piece of it for me over the last many years uh, has been me initiating and God blessing me with uh, friendships with people that don't look like me. And I, I, I now just love it and I go out of my way to try to just be kind and try to smile and try to learn names of people that aren't 44-year-old white guys. Um, and it has been an incredible blessing to me. And it's not just me offering some living water by being the guy that, you know, does that, but I receive back. When we cross boundaries, we have friendships with people that don't look like us, different grade, different age, different race, whatever it is, it is a blessing to all. Y'all have experienced that this weekend, right? Like you've been around old folks that want to go to sleep. You've been around people younger that don't look like they should even possibly be in middle school yet. You've been around old ladies, old men, young folks, black, white, everything in between. And it's full and it's a blessing, right? Um, For you adults who haven't been a part of this weekend, here's my thought. You go back to work tomorrow and you just bring one water balloon. And you look for your victim and you just nail him with it. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Uh, That's what's cool is like this gets fleshed out in so many different ways. For Ellis, that was the deal. Like God used water balloons to connect him with a kid. And like Jesus was a part of that. And water balloons is not a spiritual thing, right? It looks different for everybody. So at your workplace... I don't know what the deal is, but maybe it's talking to the secretary that you always ignore or befriending the people down the hall in a different department that you don't understand because you're an engineer and they're creative and what? I don't know, but we have the opportunity to continue to receive living water, to pour it out, to break boundaries in our own lives and in our community. Um, So let's go and be superheroes like that. Um, You and I can't stop a moving train. Don't try. Uh, You and I can't walk on water unless God just wants to manifest that in you at a particular time, and I want to watch and see. Uh, We can't do miraculous things, but we can. We can live powerfully and personally in this world in a way that's different. Um, We can show up in people's time of need just like a superhero does. We can fight against evil and villains. And uh, on top of all that, just like Jesus, we're invincible too. What do we have to lose? The worst thing that could possibly happen is we die and we, we go are with him in resurrection. We're invincible. So let's just let it all out there and live like superheroes. Let me pray for us. Thanks for listening. Lord, this is scary stuff. It's scary to be up here saying stuff. Um, Pray that you would indeed uh, let your words hit home uh, and any words that aren't yours, that they would just be snatched away. Um, 
Thank you that you've given us this great story that we are a part of, that you were the superhero and you've rescued us, but you make us little rescuers and we get to take your life uh, into our world and blow people's minds with crossing boundaries and blessing them. Lord, we love you. Thank you for this amazing weekend. May it be uh, Monday of the cross tomorrow. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Refuge Podcast. To find out more about The Refuge and Trinity, visit us online at www.trinityruston.org.